It's showtime. Ask the podcast coach for March 25th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that you know and love to get you pumped up and get you ready to go on Saturday morning for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting. Dot com and uh, joining me right over there, the uh, the peanut butter to my jelly, the uh, I don't know what else is a really good combo. The cheese to your taco meat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, the one and only Jim Collison from the Average Guy TV. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Always good to be back on Ask the Podcast Coach. Yeah, if you want to, uh, if you have a question, it's super easy. Uh, we don't care if you're in your jammies. Just go to. Um, AskThePodcastCoach.com slash join. And if you're like, Dave, I'm, there's no way I'm coming on camera. Well, number one, you can turn your camera off. But we also have a live chat room over at uh, AskThePodcastCoach.com slash live, which is uh, we, from time to time, change platforms. And uh, if you ever wonder where we're at, just go to AskThePodcastCoach.com slash live. This is the, uh, the groggy voice edition of Ask the Podcast Coach. Uh, Jim has uh, a great excuse, and that is he just woke up. And which is understandable. Yes. It'll it'll clear up as the as the podcast goes. And it's, just, my, it's very very smooth jazz. <laughs> it's that kind of. I should record some voiceover stuff this morning. Yeah. And mine is I flew down to Florida on uh, Wednesday to see the premiere of the Messengers documentary at this historic Florida theater that was absolutely beautiful. Uh, and then I flew back the next day, and of course, anytime you fly. Yeah, you're going to get sick. It's just, it's, How'd it turn out? You know, it was actually How'd really it cool. Out? It was, uh, Chris told me, he said, he said, the thing you saw at PodFest and the movie you see now, he goes, it's got the same name. He goes, but it's a whole lot different. And it was. It was um, kind of like, well, it's exactly what it is. It's kind of like they rushed it to get done the first time, and now they had a little time to go back. Um, they had some really cool, like the opening uh, they've had this symbol of a black microphone with the the word "the messengers" in front of it. It made they made this cool like opening intro sequence with the microphone turning, and then the the words coming in. I'm happy to say that Bernie the cat made the movie. Uh, at the end, he asked me for some bloopers, and so I sent him some. And um, good to have that accomplished. What are they hoping to do with that thing? All right, so now it's out. What what what's next? Well, now officially, it's not out yet. I mean, it's been seen. Oh. But they have a their work. You can't. It's not like a podcast where you can just upload it to iTunes and there it is, kind of thing. Um, so they're working with a distributor to get it into iTunes, and then the goal there is to get all the podcasters to hopefully, you know, whatever it's going to be to buy it, five, ten bucks, something like that. Buy the movie, shoot it up the charts, and then hopefully we can say, look at all the attention it's getting over here, Mister Netflix. Can we get you into Netflix? Uh-huh. I that, gotcha. That's that's the so plan. It would be in our best interest to support that thing. Yeah. Uh when it when it does land in iTunes. Yeah. And uh it's there's a lot of um like there's a little more John Lee Dumas in this. There's a lot more Danny Pena. In fact, Danny Pena's dad, in my opinion, has one of the best lines because Danny's talking about how he was um he was at I think some big gaming convention or whatever. And he made the front page of the Miami Herald. I mean, not the front page of the gaming, the front page of the Herald. And so he he tells his dad, go, please go buy a newspaper. You know, so his dad goes and buys a newspaper, calls him up crying. And he goes, Danny, I don't know what you do, but I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that was pretty funny. And then Daryl Darnell from uh, Pro Podcast Solutions was saying how his grandma still thinks he's mispronouncing broadcast. Because <laughs> they asked they asked everybody what is a podcast, and you get yeah. all these different answers and things like that. So that was a lot of a lot of it, they do a good job of um, bringing in you know kind of serious stories of how people have overcome different hurdles to to get there, and then they'll mix it in with uh, with humor because most podcasters have a, a pretty decent sense of humor, and um, it was really cool. So yeah, good. How I, long is it? How long is the movie? It's somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half. But um, yeah, I'm the I'm the last voice you hear on that. They would, well, until they go to the credits, and yeah. it's it's the line where they go. Um, I, I was telling the story when my wife asked me, "When do you think you're going to stop podcasting?" And I said, "The day after you bury me." <laughs> so that's the last line of the movie. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, so it was fun. It was uh, yeah. a good time, and we the fun thing was this poor pizza place was across the corner from uh, from the theater. So the theater gets out, and we all literally just bombarded this pizza place. And then, you know, podcasters, we like to talk, so we're all eating pizza. And they're like, folks, we, like, closed a half hour ago. We don't know yeah. where you're going, but you can't stay here kind of thing. Not here. Yeah. You know, you would think, like, you guys, how, how did you fill up the place with, I mean, were, were there still was, enough? No, no, no. It, you out? Okay. it probably held about 1,000 people. I mean, it's a big theater. They had this big thing, and then they had a balcony. And the balcony was really cool if you went up there because then you were like – you could see the ceiling even better, but we had a lot of people in there. I, I would say, I don't know, a couple hundred people, maybe yeah. 300 people. I mean, it was, it, I'm always amazed at restaurants and stuff that when it's just, cause we do this at Gallup all the time. We'll, we'll have a, a, an event and then we'll all at the event. We all just say, okay, after party is at boom, name the place. Right. Yeah. And we'll flood 60, 70 people into this place. And, you know, we're willing to buy. We're not necessarily sober. And it, it's, you know, it's an opportunity for them to make money. And I, I, I'm always surprised at how many proprietors, that's the right word, shut us down. Like, no, we're done. We can't, you know. Or, yeah. I'm like, wow, you couldn't even stay open one more hour to just, we had at, uh, at our high school reunion, we had the hotel bar. You know, we had yeah. 65, 70 people there who were willing to spend maybe a couple thousand bucks that night if they would just stay open. He's no, it was 11 o'clock. Nope. We're closing. You know, I was like, why we're we're willing to give you your money, you know? And I think sometimes in podcasting too, I think, you know, we think about listening to our audience and, and what it means when, when they start talking and they start trying to give us their money or give us their advice and we don't take it. You know, gosh, they're 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 willing to. Uh, um, this week, I got when I when I preached my podcast actually last weekend. For some reason, the guest volume was really low, and usually Google Hangouts takes care of that. Like I rarely have problems with leveling in in my guests, but mm-hmm. it was really low. So I I thought, well, is it too low? I'm just going to do it anyways. I don't want to re I don't want to redo it, right? So I published it within an hour or two. Got an email back from from one of my listeners, Jim. I'm flipping the knob. Can is there anything you can do? Right. Really? Okay. So yeah, I was just like, yes, actually there is. So I went to Alphonic, and I I'm not been an Alphonic user. I just haven't done that. And I, I bought some credits, and I dropped it in there, and it leveled it out for me, and played it back. And I'm like, oh yeah, that is a million times better. Like I can't. Why have I not been doing this to you know to date? So then I 
I pushed it back out and uh, within, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. And he writes me back. He's like, oh, I, I didn't actually think you were going to do something about it. I mean, I just was letting you know. Well, thank you. I'll, you know, I'll go redownload it and let you know when I've got a few minutes to see how it sounds. So I think when we get that kind of feedback, you know, when, when we get that kind of stuff from our customer, it's, it, it's, I think it's really important that we act on it and we do, you know, you can't do everything, right? Right. But we do something about it if, if, that, if we can. And, uh, and Auphonic, by the way, Auphonic, how did I live oh, for dude. six years podcasting without Auphonic? Yeah, I eventually right. bit the big one and, and bought the, uh, the desktop version because the web-based version of it, and Auphonic is A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C.com. The web-based version allows you to upload it, it'll tag it, and post it for you in different places. I don't really need that functionality. I know how to post my podcast. So I love the the desktop version. I don't have to wait for it to upload and download. It's just there, and I run it, and boom, it's gone. But yeah, I uh, it's it's not a miracle worker, but it's close. It does a lot of great stuff for you. And and I, I bought the credits for the web. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, part of my workflow, as soon as I'm done, I can just push it up there. And then there's other things I can do while it's uploading yep. and running. Might as well run that on their servers. Yeah. And, uh, and I actually attached uh, the Google uh, translation engine to it as well. So you create a little key. You go over and sign up for a Google account that's free. Mm-hmm. Mostly free, and then you, uh, you they give you a key, and you put the key in, and then it will do auto translations for you, or not translations. It'll do transcriptions, transcriptions. auto transcriptions for you, which this is the first one I found to actually do the transcriptions in a in a word format where it's not the actual captions because it's it's basing it off the captions, and yeah. so you get this HTML file. It's got the whole it's a whole dump, and they even put this the the. Uh, the note, you know, the uh, the timestamp in the transcriptions Ooh. now, and it's not everywhere, but it's you know, it's a paragraph and then a timestamp and a paragraph and a timestamp, which I think makes it helpful if you're going to go back and do some edits. So, I think I'm in a spot where, and I'd love it if just Google would just get this right. And I know why they can't, and it it right. you know, part of it's because the way I speak. I've realized I did this transcriptions for another podcast, and it got it a whole lot better. And so I was thinking. Maybe the problem's not Google. <laughs> Maybe the problem is the way I pronounce things, right? Maybe I just need to learn to pronounce words or slow down a little bit or whatever. But really, really cool to have that that you know that kind of that transcription available for me. And I'm in a spot where I could probably hand that off to somebody. They could clean it up in a half hour, forty five minutes, and have a pretty good um, script. Yeah, you know? I was looking last night to see if there's any kind of software. I would love software that I could start. And because there are tons of, of stopwatches that you can click a button and it'll give you a lap time. I want to click a button instead of having it say lap one, let me type in a comment. And because I would love that for Ask the Podcast Coach, because that way, whenever we switch a subject, I could click on that and do that. And it would kind of give me a timestamp because the hardest part of the show is the show notes. I try to do timestamps for when we change subjects and things like that. And I was really surprised at how many... A, free stopwatches there are available on the Windows platform, and B, how none of them do anything remotely different. And the one that kind of did what I wanted looked like it was made in, like, 1988. I mean, it was, like, almost DOS-based. And I'm like, I'm not putting that on my machine. It's like, thank you, but but no thank you. That's a great idea. I mean, it would be awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome if it was tied to this? Yeah. And so you would hit record, and a timer would be going down the bottom, and you could, you know, click comment, 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 comment. Yeah. Um, you could, you, I wonder if you could tie something like that into the chat room because you can get, you know, if you, yeah. are, are there timestamps available in the chat room? 
I want although those are date and time stamps, not time on the file time stamps. And that's what you're looking for is yeah. at what point in the show did we make the transition? Yeah. At eighteen minutes we switched from blah 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 to blah blah blah. Do you think let me ask you, Dave, let me think this chapters. We we debate this and, mm-hmm. and I heard um Todd say something that like you know, we're trying to solve a problem that only one percent of the population actually wants. When we think of chapters, do, do you think? I mean, we have talked about this, and it comes up, and we always wish for a day we can do this. And you times you kind of chapterize, ask the podcast coach in your show notes. But do you think most podcast listeners want chapters? I I personally do not. Uh, when I'm listening to a show, and I click on the next button. That means I'm ejecting from your podcast. I'm, I'm for whatever reason, I'm not your target audience for this episode, and I want to go to the next one. And when people were doing what were called enhanced podcasts, they used to drive me nuts because it'd be next and then and next and next and next and next. And I was just like, how do I get out of this podcast? Because usually it was I'm in the car, I'm doing something where I'm not really looking at my phone, and I just want to go to the next podcast. And I know with Overcast, you can use your microphone if you. It's almost like Morse code. It's like a, a quick click and then a hold down. We'll skip to the next episode. Well, if somebody had chapters, I'm pretty sure it would go to the next chapter, not the next podcast. So for me personally, I'm not a huge fan of chapters. I get them, but a lot of people, when the whole enhanced podcasting was was around, people were adding images for different chapters and things like that. And I don't know that many people that are looking at their phone when they're listening to a podcast. And I know the it, for a while you could put a, I think a clickable link in there in the M4A file or whatever it was. And I just, to me, I know every, I knew about probably a handful of people that were doing that. They were putting out an MP3 and an enhanced podcast. And after, I don't know, three months, all of them quit doing the enhanced because they would get a hundred downloads for the MP3 and two for the enhanced. And it was, it takes just as much time to make that file. So they just, uh, they just quit after a while, but yeah, I can't, I, I can't see, Unless it's, I think there's certain genres where it would it, instructional, yeah. you know, like if you, and, and you know, you got a very procedural step by step or material, you know, people are going to come back to often to, for reference uh, purposes, or I think a historical podcast would work well this way. If you're working your way through, you know, this is the 19th century, this is the 20th century, right, right from that standpoint. But I think most of us, create content that it just doesn't apply and it's too bad because I I think that's one of the natural progressions of a podcaster and the way they think is they get the podcast, the art of the podcast down and they get producing it and they always try and then we always ask the question, where else can I put it right? Or how can I get more listeners? And then I think we, we jump into how do I make it better or how can I make it? um, How can I add things to it that will add value? And I think we immediately go to chapters. A lot of us do like, Oh, this would be cool until you realize just the amount of work it takes to zero in on that, yeah. get those things labeled. You know, Alphonic has a chapter. I think it has a chapter. Yeah, they have a chapter uh, tool. Supports. Yeah. I think Hindenburg has one um, as well. And I just, to me, it's like, it sounds cool, but it's more work. And then that's where you got to go, like you said, the return on investment. Is it really, is this something your audience is going, you know, I wish, yeah. I, wish I could skip to segment three. You know, I just wishing on a star I could I could yeah. go to the next chapter, and I just yeah. don't think. And most of us have this thing called a fast forward button that works pretty doggone well. You know, granted, you have to you have to press it a bunch to get to down the road, but uh, 
That's a huge, by the way, that's a huge flaw in Overcast is that they have 30 seconds forward and they have 30 seconds back, which doesn't help you. You really need 30 seconds forward and 10 seconds back. That's the Plex model. Yeah. Because if you're doing, you, if you're trying to zero in on something on the file and it's, you only get 30 second chunks, it doesn't really allow you. Like if you overshoot it, then you go, oh, I overshot. I'm going to go back 30 seconds. Well, then you're stuck. You're like, right back where you were. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I need that. I need an alternate uh, 30 and 10. Maybe I can, maybe I can change that in, in Overcast. That's maybe what I was, I was looking. I could have sworn. I bet, I bet there's a feature in there that will let me. Um, change that back, but by default, it's. I think it's thirty seconds. Yes, uh, in in the if you go into Overcast under settings under nitpicky details, <laughs> um, you can set the forward. Uh, I have mine set to sixty seconds is as long as you can go, and then you can set backwards uh, seven, fifteen, thirty, forty-five, or sixty seconds. So. I, I like that. I have mine set at 30. I'm going to set mine back to 15 because I'm with you. There are times when you're like, wait, I'm right back where I started from. Yeah, no, it's, it doesn't work to have it both ways. You need to have, like I said, Plex does 30 and then 10. 15 would be great. I think that's probably a good setting, uh, 30 forward and uh, 15 back. The, the reason I like 30 forward is because of the commercial, right? Most commercials yeah. are about 30 seconds, and so you can go boom, 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 boom to get that done. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you just joined us, we're at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. If you'd like to uh, ask your question, you can come over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Leave it in the chat room. Or if you feel so bold, we would love to talk to you live. Go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. Here's a question that nobody can – I don't know if there's an answer to it. It's ones where I was like, hmm. If somebody came to you and said, how long does it take to build an audience? <laughs> That's one of those that I see a lot. And I was like, hmm, boy, that's a tough yeah. one to answer. I think it depends on how engaging you are, right? I mean, it's just we're not all we're not all designed to do this or do it well. I think sometimes uh, it, it, it depends on is it your time? I mean, I, 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 you hate to say luck plays into some of this stuff that we do, but I think sometimes luck plays into what we do, yeah. you know, and being in the right place at the right time with the right break. Content, yep. The, you know? You never, I, I, you never really know. It's um, it. You just got to keep. I think you just got to keep at it, right? Just keep doing. It if you if you're doing it because you love to do it, or like in my case, I do it at work, and it doesn't really matter if I love to do it or not. It's my job now, so you know I can't. It's not really like I can say, "Hey guys, I don't feel like." You know, here, here we've built this podcasting. You know, we have thousands of people downloading. Blah blah blah. blah whole community around it. If I got sick of it one day, I can't just quit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've boxed myself in a little bit and I could probably back out of it somewhere. I wouldn't, but anyways, well, I don't it, know. What do you think? Well, I was reading, a, I've been reading books on radio, which is kind of interesting. Um, I read one on the history of Cleveland radio and the guy that wrote it said he would give a, a new DJ six months to find their voice. He said, because taking somebody from Boston and moving them to Cleveland, he goes, yeah, they're both kind of blue collar town, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but there's a difference in the audience, and so the DJ kind of had to uh, accumulate himself. I don't know if that's the right word, but acclimate, whatever. He had to get you acclimate. Acclimate. There we go. Tell him what he's won, and uh, to the audience. And he said he would give them six months to do that. And then the book Beyond Powerful Radio, Valerie Geller says it takes three years to build an audience. And I was like, that may be more accurate. I think if you really to have an audience of substantial, you know, to to have your posse, maybe. Um, 
And I think it ebbs and flows, by the way. I think people oh, yeah. listen to you for a while, and then they get tired of hearing the same things. Because like, we can only say – we've repeated so much stuff on this show. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised anyone even listens to it. Because <laughs> there's, there's only – you know, there's nothing new under the sun, you know, and we end up repeating. This is the magic of radio, by the way, in a lot of ways. There's, there's people who like the predictability of the, of the information they're going to get, so they like that. That's why they, they hate change. And they'll listen to the same person for a while. But, you know, people get tired of it. It's like, you know, I've heard everything the guy's got to say. I think I'm going to move on and do something different. Um, so, you know, three years or three years sounds good. Emily has a great question. Is there a number that equates audience? Oh. Like, when can you say I have an audience? Wouldn't one person listening be an audience? That's the See, that's the problem. Because for some people... Six six people is an audience. For other people, it's like it's got to be at least a hundred, and then other people are like it's got to be a thousand. And then um, Jen Briney, who's doing Congressional Dish, she's like, "Look, I should have about ten thousand people listening to this because I'm talking to America, you know." And so she's really pushing for that ten thousand. I think she's actually got it now. So I think that's the that's the fun question: is what do you consider? Like, yeah, I have. You know, this is what's the right audience? What's the what's the right value for you in doing this? Uh, we have a podcast at work that isn't doing as well as I want it to, and I think like like Jenna, I, I think it should have more. And I, so I'm kind of questioning now. It, podcasts cost us nothing to create for the most part. A little bit of people's time, a little editing. Right. You know, we post them out on Spreaker and we're done. So the the cost is fairly inexpensive, but. I think you have to ask yourself, like, what's it worth to me? When I tell Dave McCabe, he's he's another guy that I podcast with all the time. When I tell him all the gyrations that I do to post my podcast to SoundCloud and Shout Engine and MixCloud and Podcast.com and all those, he goes, Jim, you're freaking crazy. Like, <laughs> if, I'm, if I don't get more than 100 po- listeners in any channel, I'm not doing it because it's not worth my time to, to spend doing that. Now, we, we see that differently, but... Um, you know, you got to ask that question. Like, is the time you're putting into it worth it for you for the return you're getting out? When I first started blogging, I want I, I would blog for five people because I was trying to help people with their technical problems. And if I helped one person, that was good enough for me. At work, we gotta we gotta count this ROI. Is it worth my time? A lot of you guys are busy. You know, I hear uh, uh, Nick and Corey on on Podcasters Group um, Therapy, and they've been super busy, right? And they joke about it, or whatever. Well, those other things that they were doing were worth more than sitting down and doing a podcast. It's just the way it goes. And so you have to ask yourself through the value proposition there. Well, speaking of does it have value, I'm going to I'm going to share my screen here real quick. I'm playing with this thing called Pod Hero. I'm going to be So for those of you that hate it when I do reruns, this will probably but I I'm I'm trying to figure out I need a second opinion on this for for my my review. And so there's a way you can go in and say Listen to this pod. Look at this podcast and tell me where it wanks. Where it wanks. Yes. Where, where does it wank for this word? Uh, where does it rank for this word? So I went in and looked at uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, uh, Daniel, uh, Rob over at Podcast Four One One, Paul Culligan at the Podcast Report, and uh, Ray over at um, Podcasters Roundtable. And you can see where I rank at number eleven. And I need to go in and say, how do I find out who's number one? That's what I really want to know. Cliff's number eight. Shocking that the guy that wrote uh, uh, SEO for for iTunes is number five. Um, And so I have this question now that I am lower than Cliff, lower than Daniel, but higher than Paul and higher than uh, the other guys. What do you do with this information? 
Mm. That's a good question. That's my whole thing. I'm like, okay, I know that, but what does that allow me? What do I do with this? Well, but I think it validates that what you're doing right now is is valuable. I mean, if I don't know how they how they derive these metrics. Yeah, and there's but, no info on that either. It's like, mm. but you know, I would make some assumption that you're on track. You know, okay, what I'm doing, I'm I'm getting closer to the center of what is the right thing to do with the audience. If I if I'm garnering that kind of engagement, you know, I would say if you were doing this, Dave, and you were at the bottom. I would say it's time to quit. Right. Dave. You've been doing it for 12 years. <laughs> it's not you. It's me, but let's end this. Thing. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it, it, I think it gives you an indication that you're on track. I think that's what it does. Okay. Cause I was looking at it going, okay, I got this information. Like, am I going to change my show because I'm number 11 and Cliff is well, number no eight? Single, no single data point should ever create change, yeah. right? It always should be validated or backed up with another point of data. Or, and so, you know, you get plenty of positive feedback on your shows, yeah. and right? And so there's another point of data. And you're like, okay, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting positive feedback. I'm ranked high here. I'm getting my, you know, I think as podcasters, <clears throat> podcasting about podcasting, realistically, 5,000 is probably the cap. Oh, yeah. Right. Rob has said that. Rob Walsh has said yeah. nobody that does a podcast about podcasting is ever going to get over 5,000 downloads. And that's yeah, just cr- not going to happen for it's the most part. Not. At and least not in it, 2017. It, and the right personality doing the right thing, that may, that may bump that. But I think for, the, for most people. So knowing that expectation and kind of setting, you know, and then there would be other people that say, Jim, you should never artificially set a limit for yourself on, a, right. on something that you don't really know to be true. We don't, we don't know that's true. Yeah. But that being said, setting the expectations, I think as you're in that range, these give you some indication, you know, uh, where you're reaching and what kind of feedback you're getting. You know, certainly I got that feedback last week from that listener. And it's like, unlistenable. Well, you know what? I need to do something about that. Yeah. And, and he was really surprised I did something right away. And, uh, and you know, that, that changes all of a sudden listeners go, oh, hey, he's listening back. You know? Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, um, and, and Craig has a cool comment here. He says, he, he says, I first noticed I had an audience when I started getting feedback. That's usually to me when I kind of go, hey, people are listening. But when you ask for feedback, which is the next episode that's coming up, I've, I've been asking people the whole month, you know, what do, what do you like about my show? What do you dislike about my show? And what's interesting is, and you will hear this. So again, I apologize for the rerun. Half my audience adores Bernie. And half my audience is really tired of Bernie. So there's one where like, I cannot win on that one. There's no, somebody's going to be upset. So, um, um, I think this is a question you have to ask yourself. And, and look, Bernie's a great example. Cause he's just one example of one of these weird things in your podcast that is unique to you mm-hmm. that nobody else can recreate. Right. It's just you. And yet it will create a spot where people love it and people hate it. And it'll divide 50, 50 or something like that. And the question is, do who who loses or where do you have the most ability to gain in that? If you keep doing it more for the people who are, who like it, will that create a more positive experience for them and a less negative experience for the ones that hate it? Or should you back it down Just and leave those people who like it wanting and kind of satisfy the people who don't like it? Right. That's the hard. That's the that's the hard business of of entertainment is what's the right level to, you know, to, to kind of back down. My preference, Dave, is I think you leave people wanting, right? Yeah. And so I think you give less Bernie 
now I like Bernie, so I'm not saying this because I don't like it, but I think getting that feedback, you would ha- you would give less Bernie and make Bernie a real privilege for, or Bernie gets his own channel, one of the two. I mean, one of those two. Dude, it's so funny you say that. I don't know if I, I can't, pl- I hate the fact that when you record audio on a phone, but um, there's, we're in discussion, me and the cat, about the cat getting his own podcast. Because I, I told him he was in a movie in Florida, and he's like, that's it, I want my own show. He goes, I'm, you're holding me back. <laughs> so uh, Emily says, oh, so sorry to hear this. Got my first one-star review. No, no, that's, that's something. You need to celebrate that right there. When you get your one-star review, now you're a podcaster. Um, she says, it stings. Uh, someone called me out for my pronunciation of names, which I try to get correct as much as I can. I got stickers I'm going to send out to people who can let me know if I've pronounced something wrong so I can correct it. Which, to me, I'm like, come on now. It's hard, especially with names when it's like, you know, Gorski, Ganderskoffen, Neifenstein. You're like, what? How are you supposed to? And you go to Wikipedia and you're praying that they have a little button you can click on to hear the guy's name or whatever. But I did a, I did a podcast yesterday at work. And I mispronounced her. I was before the show. We were, you know, sometimes I just, okay, I want to make sure I absolutely have the right, you know, your name, the way you pronounce it. And I, I didn't pronounce it right. So she corrected me. And then she goes, and your last name, that's collision, right? And I, did that. <laughs> and, I and I just smiled and, uh, and call us and, oh, oh, okay. I said, we're even, right? She's like, yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those, one of those guest host moments that were, where we, where we evened up and it worked well. You know, and you're never going to get that. You're never going to win at this pronunciation thing. You're never going to win. There's just some, there's some topics you're not going to win on. People are so particular about things. And I just got an email uh, the other night, maybe two nights ago, midnight, while I was up. I should have been in bed. But from, from one of our listeners on the West Coast, and she was like, you know, I've been going through your catalog, and it's not very diverse. You know, and you're like, and she meant like ethnic diversity right. Right? and religious diversity. And, you know, and it's like, wow, okay. I, you know, I, I, we work hard to try and represent a diverse segment of the population. But when you start niching things, you automatically start, you know, lots of things um, niche on diversity. It just happens, right? It's one of those kinds of things when you have these topics, certain cultures embrace them and others don't. And if you're going to niche down, you're going to automatically exclude certain, certain cultures. It's going to happen. And I'm not, by the way, not an excuse. I'm just saying it does happen. You have to work. If you want to provide diversity, you're going to have to work extra hard. But Dave, that was a, that was a zinger, man. I, I had trouble going to sleep that night because I thought, gosh, am I really being, am I really misrepresenting a segment of the population that I should be representing by not having, by not working hard enough to have them on when we're doing these shows, it really costs me to think, but that's one of those things. And by the way, you'll never get that one right. Like who determines what the right amount of diversity is? Yeah. Who determines? And, and there's gender diversity as well. well I just, I just started thinking, I'm like, I, and again, I interact with people who interact with me. So that's, that's kind of one of those things where, you know, I've had Ken Blanchard, a uh, black man with a gun on my show and that's it. I have not had a black female. I've not had any Asian people. That's a whole nother fun thing is, is uh, I was going to do a building a better Dave about that, about how it's so easy to call a white person a racist because I don't know if Asian is, is it, is it, uh, you know, do I, if I say Japanese, is that incorrect? 
for somebody who lives in Japan or do I need to say Asian or is it African-American or is it, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know what other ethnicities are called now. And I'm afraid that if I say it wrong, they go, you stupid racist. And I'm like, I'm I'm just, so, well, and here we're two white guys in our mid, you know, in our mid forties. We, we, you know, we represent that. Um, totally. We represent that. But I had a, I that same gal that sent me that email. She also mentioned that, um, in what she'd been listening to one of the programs and one of the guests um, was talking about a story when he was in China and he mimicked the accent. Ooh, uh, that's not going to get you it, a lot of points. Well, you know, he, he, he wasn't making fun, fun of, of it. it. it right. He was, he was trying to accurately represent the conversation that had gone on. She didn't know a lot of English. He was trying to understand her. So he was telling the story that way. Right. And any, any, he just repeated the accent and I, you know, I'd had 900 people watch that video and no one ever said anything to me about it. And then this one person says, that's really offensive to me. Hmm. And you go, I'm like, I never, I, I guess I never really thought of, we, we make fun of the Southern accent. We make right. fun of the, the Boston accent. We make, right. right. We, it's an accent. Doesn't yeah, mean you're well, wrong. Aussies, yeah. You know, right. Right. <laughs> You do a you know you do a British accent from time to time poorly I might add. Well, well, we got we, <laughs> you know listening to Craig. Yeah, you know he's just got a beautiful accent. He's like, awesome. So that is as in in broadcast in this broadcast medium that we have. I think that gets really, those are the sticky points in our podcast that we don't often think about, but I think we need to. And when do you bow? When do you give in? You know, I pulled that video down. I was like, mm, I'm going to block this thing for now and get a get a second opinion. But when do you stop that? And then when do you just say it's one listener out of a thousand? We're just going to let that thing. Right. Jessica you know. Kufferman just pulled. They did a. She did a thing. They were kind of talking about the same thing that there's not a lot of, you know. Um, Emily just put in the chat room that there's a hashtag podcast so white, um, <laughs> and, and there's an article on that. And Jessica pulled something down because she was trying to explain to people kind of like why there is racial tension from her white Jewish van, you know, standpoint. And somebody got really offended. And so she, and I listened to it and I was like, look, that was her opinion from her point of view based on her experience. And, you know, and she even said, she said, look, every day I'm worried about sending my, my young, whatever, four or five year old son to school because every day his school gets a bomb threat because they're Jewish and she's like, so it's not like I don't understand oppression. She goes, and we don't want to get into the whole like, oh, I've been oppressed more than you have kind of thing. But it's like, this was my opinion on, you know, these people were treated poorly for years. And, you know, when you beat a dog for years and then you set him free, he may not really be happy to see you. And that was kind of her her point. And people just jumped all over. Her and she was like, all right, I'm done. You know, and, you know, Jessica, she's not afraid to share her opinion. But it is interesting that... uh you know, we're not allowed well, to have an opinion, apparently. As, well, I mean, I, I think that's a great topic for podcasters because we get, you know, Emily just mentioned, you know, she gets, she got that negative comment for the way she she mispronounced. But how many of us have gotten that negative feedback for something we've said? Kind of, I've I've got a dozen of these so in the last six or seven years of being insensitive, like you know, Jim. I know you didn't mean this. That always starts that way. I know you didn't mean, mean this, this, but yeah. when you said this, it was really insensitive and you hurt my feelings. And it's like, well, I think you got to take it, right? It's one of those kind of things you got to own that. Okay. Right. Now, 
what you do with it, I think, is what's you know most important. Uh, fighting back, right? Your customer's never wrong from that standpoint, right. and you can't you don't argue with your your you don't argue with your listeners, right? You just don't do that. But it's it is one of those things like you know take it and and I think you have to evaluate it. And sometimes, and man, there's this is the hard part, Dave. There's no right answers. This one no. email out of nine hundred. What do I do? There's no right answers there. It's, it's. I am going to get some advice from some other folks, and I'm going to. For now, it's blocked. You can't see it. And uh, and um, I'm, I don't know. I've got some work to do to figure that out. This is a little bit different because this is for work, and it's not my personal stuff. Right. But that's the tricky. hard part. I think that's the hard part of podcasting. Yeah, and just realize that, you know, it's. Um, yeah. Well, Chris says, I got that once a person emailed me a very lengthy and they're always long, yeah. right? They're always super long emails. You know, when you get those, you're like, Oh God, here it comes. Uh, and I took the time to reply and never heard back. I was more annoyed that they didn't respond to my reply. Yeah. No, right on. That's, that's another thing. So you're like, okay, let's start a dialogue about this. And then the, the listener just disappears, you know? And, and you're like, well, how can I have a meaningful dialogue with you? If, uh, if you're not if you're not willing to engage with me, so when the customer dumps and runs, you know that may be an indication too that like okay maybe I don't need to take this as seriously as I thought because yeah. the 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 listener wasn't really that interested in engaging. We see this in Facebook right where they you get these big long tirades and then the person disappears and that's I, I have I have no I don't know about you I have no credibility or I I give no credibility to people who do that. I just like, well, okay, if you're not willing to engage in a civil conversation, right. we're done. we're done here. Yeah, that's the last time I had somebody when I talked about uh put on a diaper and I'll call you mommy in a uh uh <laughs> a podcast. I had somebody go, "Dave, you know, I don't know if I want my kids listen to this anymore. Um your your show is always, you know, good to listen to, but that was a little honest." And I said, you know, yeah. I said, "Hey, can we have a dialogue? What what officially was offensive about this and that?" And they emailed me back and I went, "Okay, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be that. You know, you listen to my show. Normally I don't get that edgy." Uh, and I'll, I'll keep that in mind in, in the future. But um, but, but I that, think that's a great conversation, yeah. right, to have. By the way, I'd agree with your listener, Dave. That's And I've listened – I mean, I've been listening to you since 200. Uh, that's out of character for you. Yeah. And when, when you did that, I laughed. I had to pull over. <laughs> I was, oh, my God. What is he doing? Now, yeah. I was laughing. And then immediately I thought, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, what is this going to what's gonna this gonna do yeah. to you? Yeah. What's this going to do for you? And you, you, you made a risk. I think in that case, apologizing is just what you do. Yeah. Right? You're like, you know what, guys? Hey, I, I got a little carried away. Sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I'll be careful not to do that again type deal. And I think you've done, you've done that where you need to. And so, and so I think that's good, but that's also another mark of podcast maturity is being able to kind of swallow that and go, well, all right, that probably was, that probably was out of character. Um, and I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I was like, sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, uh, yeah. I didn't want to scar your kids for life. Didn't mean to do that. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, you have a you, you've you've you know you you haven't d- talked about this in a while, but you've gone you've had a conservative bend on your and so you've attracted some conservative. Well, and that's yeah. probably not the right religious. Let's just yeah. use the word religious. You've had a little religious bend. Then you got out of character with it on that one, and, and but because you've attracted probably some yeah. listeners who like that religious bend. And then you go out of character. Yeah. 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 Kind of asking for it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> hey, I did have a question. Um, unless before we, we, I just 
Anything else we should throw on this topic no. of just? Right. No, I think we've kicked it. Yeah. In in my recordings, this is from Connie from PositivelyLifeAfter50.com. In my recordings, one thing that really bugs me, and that's the hissing at the end of my S's. I have a high LPR40 uh, microphone with a pop filter, and I've tried talking across it, uh, the mic, but I find that I have to speak so loudly that I still have the hiss. So I've tried running a de-esser in Audition, but when I do that, it changes my audio file so that it sounds like it's recorded in a tin can, over-processed. Any suggestions on what my settings should be for the de-esser, or is there a better effect to use? Well, my thing would go back to before we try fixing a problem, let's see if we can record it without the problem. So hiss is caused by your recording volume not being loud enough. So this is where I aim for like minus six-ish when I record. And the fact that you have a high LPR 40, you need to kick that bad boy pretty hard to get it to be loud enough. So you might want to look into a thing called a FET head, F-E-T head. Uh, They sell them at Amazon. They're not cheap. They're like 90 bucks. Um, There's another thing called a cloud lifter. And what these are, they're basically little baby amplifiers. They they boost your your gain by about 20% of clean gain from what I understand. So you don't have to turn your your mixer up so loud or whatever you're using. So I would definitely look into one of those or just try turning up the volume. A, either if you're using a portable recorder, turn up the recorder first because I have found that turning up a portable recorder uh, introduces less hiss than turning up the gain on your mixer. Uh, sometimes if you make the, the recorder listen harder as opposed to the mixer shout louder, you'll actually end up with less hiss. And uh, that would be, I would start there. Make sure you've got the, the right level. See if you can just get rid of the hiss. And then in terms of, of S's, um, just do, we've talked about this before, you know, I could say, all right, now I'm at, uh, I'm talking at one o'clock. Now I'm talking at 12 o'clock. Now I'm talking, you know, and just kind of see where it's at. And then if it's something with S's, just keep, you know, she sells seashells down by the seashore and just keep talking on what you're doing so you can find out what it is. Cause I don't, you know, in theory, I think you should be able to record it without needing a DSer, and that's from what I understand. I I didn't even know what a DSer does. I just know that anytime I've ever played with one, it seemed like it did nothing. And what it is, it's a a super niche uh, kind of equalizer for like frequencies above 10k. From what I understand, the the more I've read on those, uh, Jim, any any other insights that I might be missing? I think just vocal technique. Um, this is where recording yourself with some sentences that have a lot of S's in them, like I just did right there. And you may, just the way you make the S sound may be some of the cause to that. And there may or may not be anything you can do about it uh, from that standpoint. Now, hiss is a different, um, you know, hiss is different than S. And so it just, you've got to kind of listen to that out. But record some stuff intentionally. Record some some sentences that you've you, you know there there are you can you can go out and find text that is specifically uh, built for audio testing, and read those through a couple times and mess with your settings like you do. I would record those settings in advance, so it's okay. Here's here's me doing this this and this, and then <clears throat> read the sentence, and then here's here's the settings this this and this, and then you know and and uh, mess around with it. It may take hours to kind of figure out what's the just the right settings to get you there. Yeah, because that's, I, I feel her pain. I know there are people, Emily in the chat room says her S's whistle. Um, and there's just, 
you know, what are you going to do if that's the way you're, te- yeah. yeah, that's the way you talk. It's, it's hard to go around it, embrace some of it, try to minimize it. Certainly if you can minimize it with hardware, uh, go for it, but don't I, like Sometimes we try to effect those things out and then we screw up the file so bad. It doesn't even sound like it. So I, I would avoid, you know, I would avoid some of those things, make it as easy as possible. And also when you're applying an effect, whether it's EQ or whatever, start with a little, because sometimes we grab that knob and just drag it all the way to the right or turn it all the way up to 10. And it, it sometimes just a little bit will, will make a big difference. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the mic matters too. Yeah. Um, the mic matters too. It matters what you get, how far you're away from it, how you have the, how you have the EQ set, you know, uh, S's come out really well. If you have your highs yeah. turned up really high. And so sometimes just turning your eyes down would help. Yeah, that's true. And then, uh, Philip, speaking of mispronouncing names, uh, I'm going to say it, hmm, V-A-L-I-C-A, Felica, Felica, Philip V, <laughs> he was asking about listener engagement. He says, when podcasting is a business, I fear that I've created a passive culture with an audience that expects value for nothing in return. What do you feel is worth engagement from your audience to keep it going? He says, for example, I'm uh, I'm a year and, okay, I just, I did. I missed this the first time I read this. I'm a year and 45 episodes in. Last month I had 8,000 downloads. Well, for the record, that's pretty good. I, it's not bad. I still wish they would give downloads per episode because if this oh, guy's doing 30 yeah. episodes a month, that's not you know. Sure. Um, I launched an audience survey uh, with a giveaway with $250 in prizes to help refine my content and services. A week in, I see eight responses. And this is where I always go back to expect about 3% of your audience to respond. He says, this is from my email list and my podcast. I get a handful of emails a month, all positive. See right there. I'm like, what is, that's not really anything to complain about. Uh, I'm questioning the time I spend on creating the podcast and other free content versus other business activities. Uh, I'm thankful for the audience and for monthly growth, but this is not but this is not just a passion for me. I have no ads and don't pitch anything to my audience. That to me, I'm like, wait, if this is your business and you're not pitching anything, that would be that that's a head scratcher for me right start, there. Start pitching stuff and you may see those numbers drop. Yeah, know? that's true. He says, if I can't convince people to take an action to win a prize and to help me out, is it really worth it as a business activity? Ooh, I would not I would not take prizes or giveaways as an indication of engagement because those are really specialized. We've given away on the tech side, I've given away stuff that I thought would be, I mean, we give away a Drobo, a $400 Drobo. And mm, I got maybe 30 guys to, to, you know, ask them to sign up and drop something on Twitter and do something right. It wasn't that hard. Eh, you know, it's like, Hey, a, a Drobo is a pretty niche product and not yeah. everybody wants that. Right. And so I, I would caution giveaways as being, I, I don't know about you, giveaways were huge about three or four years ago. And then it, it seems like that has kind of dropped off a little bit. And I'm not finding, I did, I did stickers. I did 50 cent stickers and I got more engagement on 50 cent stickers <laughs> than I did on the freaking Drobo. So, you know, that, that is, um, I, I just be careful there. I, I think of in, in your thinking that those giveaways equal, giveaway numbers equal engagement. I'm not sure that's an accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, and I just think, again, like you said, it depends on the giveaway. And even that, I've seen things where I think it's an easy thing, especially in a podcast where somebody's on a treadmill and they'll go, oh, I'll have to, to reply to that later. And then they forget about it. So, And if he's getting 
positive feedback monthly, you know, I would definitely then interact with those people and fan those flames and get them helping to promote your show or something of that nature. Yeah, I would say if he say, let's just assume it's 8,000 an episode. First of all, man, you, you can do some stuff with that. I mean, yeah. 8,000 is a pretty good number. And I would pilot, I would test some, some advertising um, revenue from that. I think that there's some things you could do or Patreon or some of those kinds of things. I may test that. Uh, I may test those waters a little bit to see what, to see what pops up. Um, yeah. You're not, your numbers may dip. I don't think, if your numbers stay, or if you're just constantly growing uh, and you don't see a dip in your numbers, I don't know if you're trying hard enough. I mean, I, I just, you know, I know that sounds weird, but I think you need to piss some people off from time to time or you need to weed out some of your audience from time to time to really get the, the engaged folks that you want in there. I think if you're so so lukewarm and, you know, you're just, you're just pleasing everybody and you're getting those great numbers, but you're not getting any feedback, I'm not sure you're you're really you're doing it. I, you want to create a little controversy every once in a while. Dave, make sure you want to, you want to just throw a little zinger in every once in a while. See if people have a pulse. I mean, you know, people are listening then Yeah. when they, when, you know, when you get that feedback. So I don't know. Yeah. They're talking in the chat room and I, I was going to fire up iTunes. I, I don't know about you as a software package. I hate iTunes cause it's such a, a memory hog. Oh, it's, yeah. It's um, but Jason says, I got into a small Twitter argument yesterday when someone said, I was an effing moron for claiming iTunes um, could yank you out for profanity in a show that wasn't marked explicit. Any Google juice or link juice to validate this? I'm not trying to disprove a troll, but pretty sure that was common knowledge. Uh, Also, they made the claim Adam Carolla says F all the time, and his show isn't explicit. I countered by saying he's on Podcast One, and they play by a different set of rules than John Q. Podcaster. So if somebody has iTunes open, go over and look and see if Adam Carolla... I can't imagine his show is not marked explicit because I'm sure he drops the F-bomb all the time. Can you ever win those arguments? That's, a, know, good, that's a great question. I, I don't know if it's it's worth arguing. I see this in our podcasting communities all the time, and, and you know, we've got a couple really aggressive um, admins out there who, who want to argue this stuff. And it's like, uh, you know... It, it, how who's who's going to declare a winner? Yeah, and they what say no. Reasons? Adam Carolla show is not marked explicit. That's amazing. And then uh, somebody Listen, mentioned nobody in iTunes is listening to these things. No, like it's you know. I think what it takes is for somebody to be offended. Yeah. yeah. So when somebody because there's a report this show button in iTunes, and if somebody like they mentioned that the new media show occasionally Todd will drop an f bomb or something, and if somebody just went over to iTunes and said hey. This guy's using explicit language and it's not marked explicit. I know iTunes pulls things. I mean, I've I've seen them pull things for uh, playing Eminem in a podcast. They got yanked. Um, well, but they'll pull them when it's money. Like yeah. you dropping the f bomb on a non-explicit podcast doesn't cost them any money. The the record labels coming and doing a cease and desist on them because yeah. they're they're hosting this that costs them money. So. They'll always make money decisions first. So I don't, you know, language in a podcast, are they going to yank you? Yeah, they could. Will they? Probably not, to be honest. You, you can, if you're not violating some kind of, of copyright or whatever, they're probably not. But if you are, if you're playing music in your podcast and you're pushing it through iTunes and, and, you know, there's a good chance they may find that and shut you down. I think those are, you're going to get the, the likelihood of you getting pulled for doing that kind of stuff is way more likely than you drop on an F bomb and not marking it explicit. 
Yeah. To, to my knowledge, there's no automatic process where they go through and can right now, now it's there. They could actually do this programmically if they wanted to. It'd, kind of, it'd, be, a lot of, it'd be a lot of work. I'm not sure it'd be worth it. They could go through and see what you're saying and see if you're using curse words. And I mean, they could do that. Nobody has to listen to do that anymore. They could do that. I just don't think, to Jason's point, Jason, I, I, I don't know if engaging in that kind of conversation is very fruitful. You know, I, to me, it's a lot of, it's a lot of territory marking and who's right and who's wrong. And well, there's, you just never win. There's never a, win. there's a thing here on the Apple website. Apple can fail, reject, remove your podcast from the iTunes store for a variety of reasons. For example, Apple might fail, reject, remove your podcast. If the podcast or any content linked from the podcast contains any of the following password protection, irrelevant content or spam. Boy, that's a there's a vague thing. It's pretty wide, yeah. Explicit language without the explicit tag uh, to yes, explicit or true. So they can. Now, do they? That's another story. Uh, content that could be constructed as racist, misogynist, or homophobic. Explicit or self-censored or explicit language in titles, subtitles, or descriptions. So I've seen people do that. Will they be like Biff and Jim talk? You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work as a title. References to illegal drugs, profanity, or violence in the title, description, and artwork. Uh, so you'll notice they're, they're, they're guarding the title and the artwork here, not the content. Content depicting graphic sex, violence, gore, illegal drugs, or hate themes. Third-party content or trademarks without legal authorization or usage rights. Hello, uh, American Baseball. The words Apple Music, iTunes Store, iTunes, or Apple Incorporated, iTunes Store logo, Apple logo, or the term exclusive without prior authorization from Apple. In addition, Apple removes podcasts with technical problems or without any episodes. If you do not update your podcast with new episodes, your podcast might disappear from areas of the iTunes store. Notice the word might there, but still be available through search in the iTunes store and podcast. That's interesting. If Apple removed a podcast for technical reasons, for example, difficulty downloading an episode, or I don't know, maybe your feed went bad, you can use uh, Podcast Connect to resubmit the podcast once you resolve the technical issue. If Apple removed a podcast for a concern uh, type that does not allow you to resubmit the podcast, Podcast Connect dims the podcast in the dashboard and you cannot delete the podcast. Instead, you must fix the issue, change the RSS feed URL, and submit the podcast as a new podcast. So that's right from Apple's website. So it's it's interesting. Well, it's vague on purpose. They, you know, we everybody thinks the law is exact. And listen, I live in this world. <laughs> Lawyers are the best at writing vague stuff, mm. right? It, you write it only as specific as you need to be, and there are often times when it's written vague on purpose because they want leeway. They don't know. They don't know what's going to come up, and so it, it it's all open to interpretation. And you, you just got to live. You know, there's a lot of great chat. Why why would you specifically in the chat room? Why would you specifically want to run the odds of getting uh, booted from iTunes, right? So it's super important that you're there. Yeah, no, why would you? It is not you, easy to get back in. I will say that. Yeah, no, you, you don't want to. Now, Jason, to your point, as you're saying there, you know, you were warning a rival or a, a, a fellow podcaster in your space, let's say, in this context, you were kind of warning them, hey, guys, you might want to mark this explicit. I, you know, I don't know if that's ever going to be well received when a rival podcaster drops that kind of information in there. It's like, hey, stay out of my business. Like, you do your podcast, Mr. Podcaster, and I'll do mine. Now, somebody else, if a listener had said it, not you, Jason, but a listener, that might have meant a little bit more. But 
I'm not so sure. And they might have received it pretty well, and it might have just been that troll that jumped in. But, you know, when you're trying to be helpful that way, I mean, if you and I think Jason has great intention. He was trying to be helpful there. But when you try to be helpful and then someone smacks it back down, just walk away. Just, like, don't, don't put that passive-aggressive last post out there where you think, well, I'm just going to settle this. You're not going to settle anything. Just stop typing and walk away. You can't, you can't win with a troll. And you'll never set them straight. And the record will never be straight. You'll just look as stupid as they do if you respond to their, to their stuff. I, um, I'm, I'm not a huge TV watcher, but I happened to come home one night, turn it on, and Superstore was on. It's this show on NBC. And it's, this, it's a take on kind of Walmart and all these people working in a, a Walmart, but they call it Cloud9. And uh, they found the the manager of the stores is, is your typical dimwit kind of guy, not very tech savvy. And they tell him about Felp, which of course is their take on Yelp. And he sees that he's got a couple one star reviews. And they go and they, they they bring the guy in that gave the one star review and gave him a tour of the store. And they're doing all. And he went back home and then wrote an even more negative review and said, "Wow, these guys are weird. They're trying to brainwash me." Blah blah blah. So finally, the one worker goes to this guy's house. And they open the door, and he's living with his mom, and there's a bunch of live rabbits running all over the living room. So it's kind of like – and there, that was the whole point. It's like, look, this guy's life really stinks. He's angry, and he's just going to spew hate. You can't win with this guy. And I was like, there you, you go. Can't, you can't win. We we see this all the time uh, because I'm a recruiter. Uh, I work with Glassdoor, and I don't know if you guys are all familiar with that website. But it's a – you can go, and it's uh, you can report on anybody that you've worked for and give them positive or negative reviews. Views. And mm. it had become a site where a lot of companies were just getting hammered uh, by leaving employees. Yeah. You know? And, and um, you know, then a whole market w- grew around this to, you know, how do we, how do, oh, hey, Glassdoor was like, hey, if you pay us, we'll control the comments that are made to ah, your site. Ah, little, 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 uh, pay to play. I call, extortion. I call yeah. that extortion, but yeah. like the mafia. But, um, uh, it, so we've made some choices not to necessarily engage to try to be right in those. They just, it just never happens, right? You're just never going to be right in those circumstances. Yeah. And I think most people know that you can smell a disgruntled employee pretty, pretty easy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Hey, address it. Like if, if it's yeah. valid, do something about it. If it's not, don't. And yeah, you know, the internet's a place where your reputation can be ruined without any, any recourse, but that's the world we live in. And so be an example where everybody goes, oh, no, that's not, I know this guy and that guy, it, that's not true, yeah. you know. Awesome. Well, hey, we forgot to say thank you to our fun-filled patrons, uh, which uh, end of the month already, holy cow. Yeah. But uh, special thanks to Gabriel Mulrill from podcastingpress.com, uh, Josh Rivers from creativestudio.academy, and Glenn the, he- Glenn the Geek, yes, Glenn the Hebert. Glenn the Geek Hebert from Horse Radio Network, uh, com. If you'd like to be an awesome supporter, keep the lights on here to Ask the Podcast Coach. Go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, I thanks to everyone who's been doing that. Uh, Jim, what's coming up on uh, theaverageguy.tv? Actually, we just did a, a real fun show on cable cutting. So if you're thinking of cutting the cord on getting getting rid of cable, we talked a bunch around Plex and home security options for DIY, that kind of stuff. So if you're thinking about that that's actually in the it's over at home gadget geeks no it's over at the average guy.tv right now got it and uh this week if you're by the time you listen to this if you go to school of podcasting.com slash 559 we talked a lot about feedback today and i'm doing an episode where i ask my audience to give me feedback and uh (laughs) 
That's uh, That will be out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 559. Thanks, as always, to our awesome chat room for uh, showing up here early. We're here every Saturday at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live where you can get your podcast questions answered. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, for those of you live, stick around. we got a little post-co show. Post, I cannot talk today. Post-co, yeah. Post-show coming. And uh, we'll see everybody else next week. 